0: Hi listeners and welcome to the podcast where we discuss human behavior, relationships, home decor, lifestyle and so much more. I'm your host, mindset coach and interior designer Evelyn Glick. Let's crush all limiting beliefs and create a life and home that represents who we are and who we aspire to be. Increase our spiritual connection and intentionally design our most authentic life. Let's dive in. Thank you for being here today, where I'm very excited to have my special guest, design consultant and fashion stylist, Gwen Miller-Osseta. Gwen has a 20-year career in fashion industry with major brands like Ralph Lauren and The Gap. Today, Gwen has her own successful business as a design and styling consultant. Gwen, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm super excited as well. Tell the listeners how... How did
0: you get into this field?
1: Sure. Um, Honestly, it started very young. I just always loved clothes. And I started probably drawing clothes when I was about five. It wasn't like the normal route, maybe. I definitely went to college. I started off doing something completely different. And then I noticed that there was a program. I went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison, and I saw that there was a program that was affiliated with FIT. So it was three years at Wisconsin, and then you finish up with an associate degree from, from FIT. So that's what I did. And I landed in New York to go there for my last year. And I started working in the industry. It's, it's kind of been a lifelong passion of mine. And I was really you
0: know happy and thrilled to be able to make it my profession as well. Oh my God. Yes. It's such a, I guess, have to be passionate to be in that field, right? It's not one of those things that your parents would normally push you to do, correct? No, no.
1: And I, if I, (laughs) I was actually pre-med my freshman year, but luckily um, my father is a guidance counselor. So he was very supportive and he always said to me, figure out what you love to do and then figure out how to make money doing it.
0: How do you think how we dress impacts how we feel
1: in our moons? Uh, it's everything. I mean, if you think about it, clothing is the most accessible art form that we have. And when you're, when you're wearing an amazing outfit and you know that you look good, it really not only projects your best self, right? But it also is received by everybody else around you. And you tend to have this more positive aura about you. Um, I know people that they felt amazing. They went out and like ended up meeting their significant other. It's just, it's like a ripple effect. It affects not only you, but it
0: affects all those around you as well. It's absolutely true. It is not vanity at all. And if there is vanity involved, it's it's the good kinds. It increases your vibration, your energy. It has so much to do also with how you feel about yourself, right? Absolutely. I mean,
1: I see it all the time where somebody who, you know, woke up late and didn't have time to iron their shirt or do the little things that might they might normally do, it affects them for the rest of the day. They don't feel like themselves, like you're constantly sort of thinking about it or, you know, on a complete opposite scale, when you have the bride that Her whole life was like, I want to wear a strapless gown. And then you see her just pulling up on her strapless gown, like the entire wedding. And it's like, that sucks. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that really sucks because your mind's not able to be present and enjoying the moment. You're only fixated on what you're wearing or how it's annoying you or whatever the case
0: might be. Totally agree. What do you think women struggle the most when they're getting dressed? What do you think is your number one? I'm gonna include myself there because I go through it too. What are the struggles that you see? I mean, this is
1: this can be a really deep question. It can be a really deep answer. And there's so many different ways, honestly, to answer it. But I would say there's not enough sort of compassion or empathy that we give ourselves for getting older, for our bodies changing. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Like you can gain weight, you can lose weight, be pregnant, you know, be postpartum, be menopausal. Like there's so many life circumstances that we go through that I find that we tend to punish ourselves. Why, why do we do this to ourselves? I think it stems down to perfectionism. We are always told, you know, be polite think of others before yourself, um, do everything the best that you can and be perfect at it. Right. And that's just so unrealistic. And we have to start by being kind to ourselves. So if you look in your closet and you don't like what you see, and if you're in the position of like buying a couple new things that you really do like and making the most out of those, get rid of all that other stuff that makes you feel bad, like donate it. It'll make you feel good about potentially somebody else discovering it. And maybe it's, they say, every man's trash is another man's treasure. So it's giving back in another way too. But the point is, is that you have to forgive yourself first and then be able to see yourself where you are right now and love yourself. You don't like what you see in the mirror, appreciate her. Because when you do get to the point that you want to be, then you're really going to, you're going to be so grateful right? Because you have that perspective. You have that reference point of where you were when you were maybe, you know, quote unquote, at your rock bottom.
0: I so love that you're getting into this because it's so important to really focus on how we're feeling and the body we're in at that moment. We can be so hard and let's be real. Nobody likes every part of their bodies. Who is like a hundred percent, even the models, right? That we, that we see as perfect as this total perfection. It's first of all airbrushed, right? (laughs) Correct. correct. (laughs) And first of all, let's just clarify a a model's body is not the definition of what beauty is. Exactly. Beauty, Beauty comes in different colors, shapes, and sizes. So I absolutely believe that. And when we do criticize parts of ourselves because we all do. I know that I still do. Let's be compassionate about that and enhance the parts that we do like. There are parts of me that I don't love. Okay. So I won't enhance that. I'll learn to figure out what does look good and what the things that I do like and enhance that.
1: Exactly. Everybody's too hard on themselves. And in all fairness, like the number one person that you should be concerned about is yourself. You know, like, yes, if you're dating and, you know, like you want to look good for somebody else, I understand that, but really it's like, it's about looking good for yourself. First and foremost, I did want to kind of touch upon too, when you don't like something about your body and I'm I'm speaking more to the mothers at this point, and it's a good thing for everybody to hear, try not to verbalize it because especially when you have daughters, you don't realize what they pick up on. So, especially when you have young girls, me personally, like I've gained weight, You know, I've gained weight ever since I hit 40 and it's so much harder to get off. And instead of beating myself up over it, I am definitely taking the approach of, let me find some things that I really like and that work with me at this weight. And I look in my closet and I have a bunch of things that I can wear today that make me happy. And that's really what it's about, but it's also projecting that onto those around you. And especially if you're a mom of girls.
0: I totally agree. And I'm glad you are bringing this up because it's so easy to have a conversation where you think your kids are not listening perhaps, and they totally are. And they're taking little clues in in your meals and, oh my God, I'm cheating and all of that. I, for a long time, I have a daughter who's 10 now And we've been very careful to not talk about dieting and not talk about weight, a specific number, because they're going to hear it anyways. My daughter had an experience where um, a little boy was actually mean to, that was two years ago before COVID, was mean to this little girl and, and called her fat, My daughter came home and was very upset about it and said he was so mean to her and and mommy, am I fat? And now I have to have a conversation as if that's what's beauty. And now we have a self-image conversation that's been taking place when she was eight. It's such a hard conversation to have. So absolutely being cautious as to what we're verbalizing, Mm -hmm. right? Being real about the things and how we feel, but really embracing who we are in whatever body we have and enhancing the things that we like, especially for women, right? Is their stress, is their hormone changes, is pregnancies, is so many, aside from the genetics, right? I mean, the list goes on and on onto how our body absolutely changes and our metabolism varies. Compassion and kindness to ourselves and do our best with what we can with our bodies in our closet. And the closet is really such an asset, right? That we can use to our advantage. Absolutely.
1: And like, it's, it's accepting yourself where you are. And every stage, you know, I have to ask the question. And I ask the question to my client, aren't you exhausted? Like, aren't you exhausted thinking about like, what to eat, what to wear? I should have done this. I should have done that. If you actually spent half the time thinking about all of this other stuff, what would you do with that time? Like, what books would you read? What would you? What course would you take? There are so many better things to spend your time
0: on than to sit there and obsess, right? Not focusing on it so much, which is hard. It's absolutely. It's not easy. No. but it, but it's also so freeing if you sort of let go of it a little bit and you figure yeah. out ways to just work with what you have at this moment as you continue to enhance parts of you, right? It's not that you're yeah. gonna give it up, you know, let's <laughs> not mis- no misunderstanding here. It's not like, oh, let's give it up and let's not worry about no, if something bothers you and you can do something about it, try. but be kind with who you are now and just exactly do the best you can, right? please share some tips or suggestion to reduce that overwhelm when we're getting dressed. Absolutely. I think first of all,
1: it's kind of one, having an understanding of the style that you like and ways that it works for your body type. I think there's like definitely like an essentials list and it's important to kind of have those pieces. I think if I could just like rattle off some, some tips in general, my go-to's is one monochromatic dressing. Um, and if you can come up with, I mean, it just always looks more chic when you have just the head to toe look. I mean, I love a jumpsuit because it's a quick <laughs> one and done. Um, I know that sometimes it's not the most ideal. I, I mean, I have several jumpsuits. The ones that I always wear tend to be the closure is in the front. So it's easy to get in and out of. Obviously we're talking about going to the bathroom here, but I would say honestly, like have a uniform, have a capsule wardrobe. That's like my number one where you don't have to think about it. And especially like now that so many people are working remotely, I think you know, a jean is obviously an essential, but you could also have like that one suit that you can wear. And I always love a double breasted blazer with slightly cropped, slim pant leg. That's just kind of, I think that looks nice on pretty much all body types. And you can wear the blazer on its own over jeans with the pant. You can wear a little bit more of a novel top with it, with a novel top. You can also wear that with jeans. So I mean, right there is just kind of like my top essentials. It's having some type of novelty top that you can either pair with your suit pants or you can pair with your jeans and that's a look, right? And it's easy and it's good for Zoom calls. So yeah, so monochromatic dressing, having a suit that you can pair with different things and having that sort of novel blouse top detail that you feel great in. My other thing which is huge. And it's a really hard thing, especially for Americans to get behind because we're in the sort of mentality and I think we're getting out of it, but the mentality of like more is better. And what really is, is more is overwhelming. I have a t-shirt in every single color, but you don't actually feel your best in t-shirts. It's like, why are you wasting your money on it? Like I'm all about investment pieces and investment dressing, because if you're wearing the beautiful, you know, printed silk top from a contemporary designer that the top was probably 300 or $400, which maybe that sounds crazy to your listeners. I come from the fashion world, so that's not crazy to us, but you feel like a million bucks when you're wearing that versus, you know, your t shirt And you just, you project everything. You project more professionalism with whatever you do. You project more fun. You project like, I feel good about myself. Definitely spend the most that you can on a couple key pieces that you're just going to wear time and time again. My other little tip is that if you have a hard time finding clothes that either fit or that you really love, buy a duplicate of it if you can. So like you find that pair of jeans that you've been looking for a year for, and they come in a couple different washes, you get all of them. Or like for me, and this is way TMI, I always get holes in like the upper thigh of my jeans and it kills me. So I just, and I honestly, I've been doing this since high school, where if I find something that I really love, cause I was, you know, shockingly very picky about my clothes in high school, even I buy duplicates. And sometimes in different colors, but it's like, if I find something that works, I make sure I just have it because if they get ruined, you know, you're like, it's going to take me forever to find another pair. So.
0: I agree. And I also like, I like to do that with shoes as well, because if you find a good pair of shoes that you love, that are stylish, you're comfortable in, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Totally buy a second pair, if not a third. I mean, let's talk about, Let's talk about trends a little bit. Sure, that's something. Can I go back to the shoes thing, though? Please, absolutely. When you when you buy a pair of shoes, especially
1: if it's got a little bit more of a pointed toe, go to your shoe place, the cobbler, go right away, get the little tips put on that protect them, and then you can always have your shoes resold. So if you're not in the position of being able to buy a couple different colors or you know having a backup pair. Definitely, you know, invest the little bit of money to have them preserved from the beginning.
0: You, you suggest we do that before they start wearing out, like at the beginning when you f- beginning when you first purchase the shoe. Okay, yeah. Th- that's good to know. Didn't know that I normally wait for it to start to go. Before. Most people don't want
1: to do that when it comes to their Christian Louboutins, right? Because they don't want to hide the red paint. And that's half of it is the status of being able to afford Christian Louboutins. But when you're standing, nobody sees that part of your shoe anyway. So you might as well protect them and but it goes for anything that you buy.
0: Um so when we're talking about maximizing our closets, mm-hmm. you you touched on having key pieces, right? Like a wardrobe like a staple wardrobe yeah, like that a capsule wardrobe really sustain the test of time and the test of trends too because those yes. come and go. I mean I'm a believer that because I love fashion as well that you can treat yourself to a, a couple of nice, trendy pieces, but that shouldn't be your investment pieces. You shouldn't have a closet filled with whatever's in style that season. Perhaps, you know, a couple of items. What do you, what do you have to say about that? Sure. Um, I have a little saying that
1: basically when it comes to trends that don't spend the money on the trends, first of all, And then my other thing is that color is for statement, not for staples. So for instance, like hot pink is like a really, it's a trend color, right? Go ahead and like get that great hot pink shirt, or if you want a hot pink blazer or something that kind of pops your outfit, absolutely. Would I say go and spend a thousand dollars on a cashmere sweater that's in hot pink? Probably not. I'd rather you spend $1,000 on a black cashmere sweater or an ivory or cream cashmere sweater that's going to really show the quality. I mean, luckily, there's so many brands now that it's much easier to find some of these pieces at a more affordable price. But I would say when it comes to like true trends, don't spend a lot of money on it because it's going to come and go. I'm not a big person on trends, to be honest. I'm more about style and establishing your style and kind of sticking to that, becoming like your uniform where you know you look good, you don't have to feel like you're spending all this time and energy. Then when you have that kind of capsule wardrobe or those staples sort of established and you're comfortable just you know switching them out and creating different outfits with them, that's when you can start to add in the more special pieces because you've already known now, okay, this jean really takes... A novel top really well and I know that this blazer looks great over it so now I can switch out and have more fun with the top right or the pop color like I said is really for statement and if you really want to wear like a hot pink dress and then pair it with, you know, black booties and a black leather motorcycle jacket, that's a way to kind of play with the trend, but not invest a ton of money into it. I'd rather the money be invested in pieces that are going to last longer and have more versatility to them.
0: I agree. 100%. And for the listeners that are young and hip and find that wearing staple clothes that are maybe not as, you know, bright in color. So that doesn't mean that is, that is going to be boring. No, you know, not at all. Not at all. It could be very sophisticated, very elegant, or very casual too. I mean, that that's the beauty of not having an abundance of prints and florals and bright colors. You can have a touch of it. Your few pieces that you can gravitate if you want to punch it up. But what percentage would you say? 80% should be more of the basics. What do you, what do you say to that, Gwen? I would say like
1: 50%. Because I think people still want to have fun with their wardrobes. I mean, in all honesty, if we're talking about numbers here, there was an article, I think it was in the New York Times, and this was a while ago, but we only use about 15% of our closet. So that other 85%, so basically I'm really talking about like that 15%, that 15% should be really good pieces that you feel great in. And when I say investment, it's whatever is the most you can spend. Because instead of spending like, I'm gonna use Zara as an example. And I love Zara, no, you know, no, nothing against them by any means. They offer a lot of really great trendy pieces at great affordable prices. Everybody loves them. it's wonderful. You could buy four $50 tops from Zara, but the quality's not there, the construction's not there. And the actual fabric itself, like I know it's cheap, like it's maybe a dollar a yard, which in our world is very inexpensive. Or you can spend two hundred dollars on a top that goes with a couple different things, like a nice, beautiful cream top that maybe has like a little bit of faggoting inserts, or a little lace trim, or pin tuck detail, and beautiful novel fabric and I could go on. But anyway, and that you're going to use time and time again, you're going to feel great about wearing it. You're going to get compliments wearing it. And it's not about the compliments. It's about how you feel wearing it. But the compliments are definitely like that outside validation of, you know, you feel good because you're projecting it and people notice it
0: and people respond to that. Yes, you feel really good in something that you spend money on and you take better care of it.
1: You take much better care of it. That's a very good point, yes.
0: And it'll last longer too. So since we threw out a couple of brands and listen, let's be very free here. If you had to say top three brands that are not that are good quality and reasonably priced, they know that reasonable is an opinion, right? Because what's reasonable yeah. to some people is exorbitant to others, but within a range, name a couple of brands that you're like, they make quality clothes, you're not crazy expensive, and you should have some staple pieces from from these brands.
1: Yeah. Definitely in like the contemporary designer world, I mean, depending on your own personal style and aesthetic, it like varies tremendously. But for instance, I think like in the contemporary world, I like Veronica Beard. A L C, even like you know theory, like theory is good for when you're go to work. Um, Vince is another beautiful mm-hmm. brand that's a little bit more of elevated basics to me, elevated essentials I should say, because I don't want the term basics to conjure up like average, right? It's it's not. It's like these staples that should be in your wardrobe, and then like sort of like the next tier down, I would say like Club Monaco usually has like stylish, but appropriate things, even coasts. Um, I don't people like Aritzia. I was in the store the, the other day and everything just felt so junior. It was like one crop top, you know, mom jean after another and like very much that athleisure wear, which I know is really popular, but, you know, living in New York City, it's like, I see the girls wearing their crop Shirts and there's you know spandex shorts and you know I have flashbacks to <laughs> the mid '80s, early '90s. I think it's it's a matter of just finding that store that you sort of gravitate to, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I liked Aritzia because they have like different shops within I tend to have like those classic pieces, but yeah. it's just my recent experience at the store. Like I found nothing, and I took my mom there. And I was like, there's nothing, there's like nothing here for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a younger crowd, but it's a, it's also a very, which kind of brings up another totally on topic, but off topic topic. So many fashion brands leave us, right? Like, it's like when you hit 40, all of a sudden you're like, this isn't for me. And that's like the frustration because I'm not pretty stylish person, but I'm also not like Crazy, But I have to wait for the designers to go on sale. I have to wait for, you know, some, sometimes even the contemporary designers to go on sale because I'm just not. It's also like the occupational hazard of knowing how much things cost, right? And what mm-hmm. markup is. So I have a hard time, especially when you work at a company, you usually get a discount. So right now working for myself, there's, <laughs> there's no corporate discount, right? But um, it's hard to find great pieces and things that are going to be great investment pieces that are within an affordable range. To me, and like you know, for all design companies listening in, that's the white space. Love Eileen Fisher, love the concept, um, love how the the brand is even run from a corporate level but i don't I don't think I'm ready for for that, and I definitely like Chico's is not my not my cup of tea.
0: What do you mean by Eileen Fisher? I actually like her things what What did you mean by that? I misunderstood
1: sure. what I mean is that it has sort of that connotation of. The older lady store, or it's very like basic, kind of cover myself. And that's totally fine because there is a huge market for that. And I love Eileen Fisher because it's not only do they recognize that that's how, you know, people want to dress, right? But it's also, you already have to have this innate sense of style to be able to walk into the store and know what pieces are going to be sort of right for you. Correct. You know what I mean? Like style is so individual. Yes. And it's really, once you know your style, you're able to go into store all these different stores and pick what works best for you. But for somebody like me, who I do know my style, I do know what works for me. I'm not necessarily walking into Eileen Fisher because I don't think that I am their customer yet. And that's what I mean by that.
0: Right. I agree. It's, um, and it happens with, with Aritzia too. It's like they yeah. almost have some stores are known for capping you out at a certain age group. Yeah. I like a lot of what they have and I think is well-made. However, it's not for every style. So knowing your style is so important. And thank God we have people like you that can help, you know, the listeners that are scratching their head saying, well, I don't know what my style is. I, you know, I wear jeans yeah. and, and a, you know, and a cashmere sweater in the fall and winter, or, you know, I don't know that I can maximize what I have in my closet. Thank God for people that, that know. And if yeah. you love fashion and want to really enhance what you have already, it's important to get a little more educated on it. And if nothing else, because it's important to feel good in what we wear, right? So even if you're, not, let's say you're not into fashion, you wear clothes because we all need to wear them, right? So it's finding the things that, that really work for our bodies and that we feel good in, right? Because it increases how we feel, our confidence, how we, are, how we project our energy. It's, it's so much more than just wearing clothes. So listen, we're going to buy clothes anyway, so let's be smart about what we buy, so that we have those lasting pieces that look amazing year after year. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. also about the ease of it. Like there was at some point. I mean, this is again getting a little bit, you know, deep on it. But at some point, getting dressed stopped becoming fun, right? Like when you're a kid, you're playing in your mom's closet, or you know, maybe maybe some people weren't. Um, but at some point, or maybe you wore a uniform through school and you never really got to explore and figure out like what your style was. It's, it's very overwhelming and daunting and nobody likes to feel, Oh, I'm not with it or I'm not, you know, unfortunately I think we do place too much emphasis on it. But on the other hand, there are people like me that can help you make the process easier and help you have fun getting dressed again. And that's really what it's about is it shouldn't be this like daunting chore and beating yourself up. It's supposed to be fun. This is an expression of who you are and what you love and you love the color hot pink. Well, then let's make it work. And let's go back to what I said, like it's a statement, not a staple. So it's, there's freedom with the ease of it and not having to think too much about it. There are so many other things that
0: are deserving of our time. Yes, it definitely helps with time. Once you know your style and what looks good on you and how to mix pieces together, it actually makes it fun and easier to get ready. Right?
1: Absolutely. And this kind of ties into what we were just talking about with like the different stores and the different brands. Those brands may not fit you, but it's about finding what works for you and then being loyal to those stores, right? And I can walk into, you know, coast and I'm always going to find something that I like, that works for me.
0: Yes. Tell me about um, accessories. How do you feel about accessories? What are the staples that, or jewelry slash accessories that one should
1: own or invest in? Love accessories. Um, I think a really good handbag. You don't have to spend a ton of money, but I say again, like any kind of staple, the most that you can spend, do that. It'll show in the quality, take care of them, um, get, Not only a leather cleaner, but a leather preserver. It makes sure that it doesn't dry out and crack and flake. So really treat those handbags well, because that really makes an outfit, especially in the fall, winter. It's a great coat and it's a great bag and great shoes, honestly. Like spend money there because all the clothes on the inside can be whatever, right? It can be your gap jeans. It can be your little, you know, cashmere tee that you have, and you're going to look great. Which brings me to my other accessory is the belt. Like I think to have a great belt, even if you don't have the best waistline, what I love to do is just tuck in the front of a shirt. And that's my other little tip is if you want it to be like something that you tuck in and be a little bit slouchy, buy a size up. I think we're so program to be like, you have to be the smallest size that you can possibly be. And like, we squeeze ourselves into, it's like, who cares? Who cares if it's a size four or a size 14? How does it look on you? How does it feel on you? I mean, I think most people, once you kind of hit 30, you're like, no, 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 I'm about comfort, right? So you're not going to be squeezing yourself into something or trying to make a certain size work but we place too much of our own value on numbers, whether it's the zip code we live in, whether it's the number on the scale or the number on our label, like enough. That's not your value. Your value is not equated to a number. It's not quantifiable.
0: I agree 100%. Thank you so much for this conversation. I loved it. Anything that you want to tell the listeners that we didn't discuss, and then we'll talk about your offers, How can listeners reach you? And i like to finish with three rapid questions. Anything else you want to leave the listeners with?
1: I think um, just to recap, it's really about one, accepting yourself for where you are and then supporting yourself by providing yourself with the closet to make your life easier. So those are things that are going to make you happy, things that are going to fit, and things that you can easily grab and know how to wear. And then that also stems into giving yourself more time and also making the process easier when you're shopping, you know what to purchase for yourself. And then last but not least, I mean, it was what I just said, like your value is not equated to any number and just have fun with it. It should be fun. It's your expression of who you are and like I said before, like at some point it became not fun, whether you were made fun of in high school, a ex partner said something about the way you looked or something that you wore and all these little things kind of chip away at you having fun with your wardrobe or playing around with it. Or you feel like, Oh my gosh, I wasted so much money spending, you know, on this, this, and this, I don't want to do that again. And there are people like me that you can hire to help you, but you can also do it yourself. And by really just kind of checking in and asking yourself, what do you really like? And there's so many celebrities. There's so many influencers. Like the one that I always get, because I always ask the question, like, is there any celebrity that you, whose style you really would like to emulate or um, you're inspired by? And the number one answer is Jennifer Aniston, which I love. She's in her 50s. And she looks fantastic. And I think she's really one of the celebrities who's really embraced getting older, right? And and gracefully, like gracefully aging. I think that's a real testament that it's not about age, it's about style and how you want to present yourself. And she's, she's classics, right? Like everything that she wears is pretty much like an essential or a version of an essential. It's about finding the brands that, that support your style that make it easier to shop.
0: Yes, yeah, I agree. So find what you like, what looks good, and what feels good. Yes, and don't care about the number.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, so I like to finish the podcast with three rapid questions. Just actually fill in the blank for me. The world needs more compassion. Happiness to me is,
1: I think, time with loved ones. Like right, that's. That's pure happiness for me, for sure.
0: Nice. I want to
1: be remembered for? Making somebody's day brighter and making the world a little bit more beautiful.
0: Beautiful, Gwen. Thank you so much for all this wonderful information you've given us. Thank you for being on the podcast. Tell the listeners how they can follow you and tell them about your podcast is coming up.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. So um, I do have a website. Where you can book a styling consultation or look at my packages. Um, that is www.gemma_mode. It's um, Gemma is actually my initials, G E M A, and um, obviously.com. And then on Instagram, I'm. I'll full disclosure, I'm horrible on Instagram. I'm not very present. So, but you can follow me. It's at Gemma Mode. Same spelling, G E M A M O D E. And then my podcast that's coming up is The Fashionable Journey. Um, I'm launching it in January. It's a podcast that's kind of a little bit about the behind the scenes of working in the fashion industry. And I started it because one, I love a deep conversation. That's my other happy place to kind of tie into your rapid questions and I've worked with so many incredible people in this industry and I wanted them to tell their story because I thought about myself growing up in the Midwest and not really knowing anything about the fashion industry and kind of being a little bit taken aback by by it when I started. And so many of my classmates at FIT dropped out within a couple of years. And I think that if people that are currently working, people that are in college, if they had a little bit more of that storyline of that they can relate to, of what are different jobs in the industry? What are uh, the ways that certain managers, you know, promoted people underneath them? Um, what were they looking for? What were the qualities? What were some of the skill set, right? Because um, half of it is If you're you're in the industry, you're already most likely like an incredible designer, but there's so many other things that it takes in order to be successful. So I just wanted to have conversations with friends in the industry and talk about like what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and just sort of have it be good examples, I guess, so that people are a little bit more excited maybe for their fashion careers or pivoting or you know, maybe it's just some insights.
0: Behind the scenes on the fashion world. I think it's great. Yeah. It'll be great. Thank you again for being here. And when does it launch? It will launch
1: January 11th, 2022. You can sign up to listen. It's The Fashionable Journey. It's on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Currently, it's just the trailer. But episodes will start airing January 11th, 2022.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, listeners, put that on your calendar and and follow Gwen. Nice to see you. Thank you again for everything. This was very lovely. Glad you enjoyed. Bye. What a great conversation with my dear friend and stylist, Gwen. I hope you found this conversation both informative and thought-provoking. Fashion has a way of elevating and uplifting us. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a five-star review and make sure to share it with your friends. And may you live the fullest expression of who you are because playing small doesn't serve anyone.